0: We have dinner after church here today. I'm hoping everybody can stay. We have chili. Um, Corey made cornbread. I don't know what else is back there. Um, Judy's famous um, coleslaw. And um, Tymie brought her famous salad as well. So we should have good eating today. Okay, now... Oh, praise the Lord. This I know she had ready. Well, praise the Lord and welcome to New Life. And we're so glad that you can join us. New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street in Wahpeton, North Dakota. And we are glorifying the Lord today. I'm starting the new series. This is part one from the book of Philippians, Christian Living. And this is really entitled, How To, not How Is, how is it that you got rotten thinking no it's supposed to be titled and um, my proofreading um, software missed this how to stifle rotten thinking you say well you should have read it again I thought I did but that's what it's up there as but it's actually how to stifle rotten thing I even sent it to my editor for this program and they missed it so it happens so that's because we're sinners saved by grace and we need all the grace we can get and so we're going to be going through the book of Philippians it's going to be a lot of fun and I've been wanting to preach through Philippians for some time actually goes back to the summer and I figured this is a good way to jump off jumpstart 2024 we are going to have victory in 2024 I said we're going to have victory in 2024 some of you are going to get your healing that you've been needing come on (laughs) and that's why we're going to learn about our Christian living and how to stifle our rotten thinking and so that we can have victory going forward so let us pray Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you for this day. I thank you for this new series, for the book of Philippians and what we're going to learn, Lord. Lord, we've got to get rid of our rotten thinking. We need it stifled. We, we, we need to live for you, Lord. We need to start living by faith. We need to start having a more positive speech out of our mouths. We need to learn how to get along with our husband, get along with our wife. We need our children to to learn to listen. We need grandmas and grandpas um, to be listened to. Lord, we just thank you and praise you that we can have our thinking to rise above what it's been. That Lord, we put on the mind of Christ that we have our minds renewed by you. We praise you and we thank you, Lord, that we're no longer going to be subject to the world's way of thinking, but we are going to be subject to the way you think, Lord. And, Lord Jesus, we're no longer going to let anxiety and depression rule our lives. We praise you for this in Jesus' name, because you have given us hope. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your anointing this morning that I can hide behind the cross so only you shine, Jesus. Oh, we lift you up, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're going to be having a thing here in our community, and I have not been advertising it on mental health issues, especially because of um, suicide. But if we would preach the gospel from the pulpit, there would be less suicide why because Jesus preached brings hope people who commit suicide have no hope well they get depressed preaching the gospel and telling them about Jesus and standing on the Word of God and teaching people how to do it will get rid of their depression it will get rid of their anxiety if they're looking to Jesus instead of their self-help and looking at their own problems we get our eyes on our problems too much and that's going to get us anxious my word we men we get to a certain age and all of a sudden our hair goes gray and things don't work as well as they used to and that could cause a guy to get anxious right but when we put our faith in Jesus Christ when we put our keep our eyes on the object of our faith is Jesus Christ and his crucified, what he has done for us it takes away that anxiety it takes away that depression. Paul says right here in Philippians, be anxious. This is a command from God be anxious for nothing. Hmm. And yet we are. Why is that? Because we have rotten thinking, we haven't subjected it to the Holy Spirit, we haven't subjected our thinking to the Word of God. Somebody called up Corey this week and started um, telling her their problems. Corey doesn't mind listening to the problems as long as you understand the solution is Jesus. And, and she said to them something I used to say to Corey all the time Have you read your Bible? She heard this from me all the time. Are you reading your Bible? I used to do this to Corey all the time. Why do you think she turns around and does it to other people? And the person said, No, I'm not reading my Bible. Now now don't think that she told on you because she didn't tell anybody. She just says, I said to somebody today, just like you used to say to me, have you been reading your Bible? And they said, No. Well, Corey used to say no too, years ago. She's learned. Turn to the Word of God. Turn to the Lord. Lean not onto your own understanding. Wow. Let's get into this. So part one here, and how to stifle our rotten thinking, we start with thanksgiving and prayer. If you're not praying, if you're not being thankful, you're going to have rotten thinking. Come on. Hmm. Here we go. Philippians, starting in verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. I like that. It starts out really strong, doesn't it? Here we are. We're servants of Christ Jesus. Anybody who, did, who could be down in the dumps would be Paul. Right? Goes from town to town. Riots break out. He gets beaten, thrown in jail, released. And, and he goes to the next town, beaten. All this stuff going on. But he says, he doesn't look to that. He looks to Jesus and, and, and like the early church did when, when, when James I mean when when John and Peter were beaten for the Lord and told not to preach they went back to the church rejoicing because they got beat up for Jesus they didn't get anxious they didn't get depressed they said wow we got beat up for Jesus why can't that be our attitude we're going to be going through some changing times. AI is here. Artificial intelligence. It's going to change every one of our lives, and men are going to lose even more jobs. They want AI to drive our trucks. Do you really want to be on a road with a computer driving the big old rig? Not really. If AI all of a sudden decides you're going too slow and drive over you, yeah, it will. He don't care about you. He doesn't have a conscience like you. He doesn't have feelings like you. We need to be in prayer. It doesn't matter if they got AI. I'm going to believe in Jesus. And then he says, To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, mm, mm. Hell, that's really good stuff. Just to start this book off. By the way of the cross, Jesus won our victory. Can you say amen? Well, I, I thought I wouldn't even have to say that. You would have been all excited because he's won our victory because of the cross. Come on. See, this is our problem. We don't look at the object of our faith, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, because if we started doing that, we would understand, we got the victory. Oh man, there's another song. We haven't sung for a while. We have the victory. Corey's back there singing it. we can understand this deep down we can understand by the way of the cross Jesus won our victory if we can understand this deep down in our hearts it will set our minds and emotions free see the problem the problem with psychology today it deals with emotions and the problem is that they don't know how to set people free from their emotional problems hello the only one who can touch our emotions is Jesus Christ He's the only one who can turn around. We need to become dependent on him. And it all starts with accepting Jesus as your Savior. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you really don't need anything else to help with your emotions. Pastor, you just don't know. I need to have my hobbies. Hobbies are good, but if they become first before Jesus, you've got, you got it all mixed up. Jesus needs to come first. Come on. Come on. You you can be a great painter, one of the greatest artists in the world, preacher in the Church of God for years down in New Mexico. In fact, he was such a famous artist, he actually was asked to come to Buckingham Palace and present to the Queen one of his artworks. Very famous artist. And yet he was a preacher of the gospel. But Jesus came first, not his art. And that's why I think that he became so famous. (laughs) See, it all starts with understanding God has granted us grace and peace. And when we realize that and we accept that, then we can start praying for others with joy. You see, what will help your rotten thinking and change your perspective on your life is you start praying for others with joy. Hmm. No, 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 no. Not like you want Frank to pray for people. Oh, Lord, get them, they did me wrong. That's not what it says. Let's look at the word say. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the the first day until now. Come on. We need to thank God for each other. And we need to be lifting each other up in prayer. I had the most fun the other day. I was not feeling well before Christmas, and I Was up in the middle of the night, and while I was up, I just started praying for y'all. I had so much fun praying for y'all. Come on, it don't take me to pray, take long to pray for y'all. Now it used to take me longer, but I had so much praying for every one of you. It brought joy to my life instead of focusing on the fact I couldn't sleep. Praying for each other should fill us with joy. And listen to this. If it doesn't, we need to check ourselves. Come on. You can't pray for Corey and Hal. You need to check yourself. And we need to see each other as partners of the gospel, as Paul saw every one of the Philippian church members. We need to see each other as partners of the gospel. Boy, that'll even make our prayers even more fun. My word, Lord, help me. Help help me and help Judy. Oh, glory to God. Because the honest truth is, my friends, God is still working on us. See, that'll change your thinking. If you understand God is still working on you and you're not arrived yet. You ain't perfect yet. Come on. Your husband isn't perfect yet in your marital relationship. Hello? Husband and wives, that's why it takes a lot of practice to get good at it. You can take that for whatever it means. It takes communication. It takes working together. It takes working things out because you're supposed to be partners in it. You're supposed to work together at it you got to change your thinking about how you partner with each other now I'm meddling now this this is what's not in my notes this is just meddling you need to change the way you're thinking about things well she's got her money he's got his money he can take care of that she can take care of that no stop thinking that way you're supposed to work together to fix your problem hello Yeah, I'm meddling. Because I'm concerned. And I love you. And I'm supposed to be discipling you. I want you to win. This is the year of victory for you. Victory in your relationships. If you're not talking to each other, you're not talking to God then. That's why we start with Prayer. And it helps us, and we should be praying together. Why do you think we pray together on Wednesday nights? It brings us closer together. Pray together. I, 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 there's some things I just don't understand today compared to my day. And I'm not going to go there. verse 5 say? Because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now. And God is still working on us. Verse 6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ, Jesus Christ. Did you see that? Will bring it to completion at that day. You're not complete yet. You're not finished yet. You're still half-baked in your thinking. Come on. It's a process. Sometimes he starts all over with you because you haven't learned the lesson. So he has to break you down and start all over again. Oh, we don't like that, do we? Learn the lesson the first time and you won't have to go through it again children it is right for me to feel this way about you all Paul says because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace both of my imprisonment and in defense and confirmation of the gospel Paul is writing this from prison He doesn't have a lot of prospects left. He's in prison. And he's writing to them about grace and how wonderful life is in Jesus. You think you got it bad? We keep our eyes on the cross, keeping it the focus of our faith. God will bring us through. This gives the Holy Spirit greater latitude in our lives. Now, I'm not talking about when I say keeping our eyes on the cross is not a wooden object like we got up in the front of the church that's not what I'm talking I'm talking about when I say keeping your focus the cross that means the work that Jesus did for you there when you start realizing he said it is finished that he <clears throat> accomplished all that you need for your relationships for your life for your children for you to be set free and have victory in your life when we keep our focus on Jesus Life is so much better. I want to meddle. But we got the camera on. <laughs> I'm not meddling with the camera on. Wouldn't be right. Wouldn't be prudent. But I want you to have victory. want your relationships to grow God never does anything halfway by the way and if you understand he does nothing halfway he's not finished with you yet Do you get it I used to have that up in my office at the old church little tiny sign on the wall. I used to also have a thing, no wine zone. Anyway. He's not finished with us. I don't care if you're in your 80s, your 60s, your 20s, if you're only 10 years old, he's not done with us yet. He is still working on us. Oh, there she goes again. He's not finished with me. Well, I'm, I changed it to "He's not finished with me" because some of us don't realize He's working on, supposed to be working on us, and we're supposed to allow Him to do it. If we keep our focus on Jesus and what He did for us on the cross, it gives the Holy Spirit the permission to do that in our lives because the Lord will never, ever, He, he doesn't go and intrude like that. He's a gentleman. If you want more of him, he'll give you more. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he will fill you. If you want to do things for Christ, he will use you. But if you're going to be stubborn. (laughs) Okay, I gotta use this as an example. I'm gonna give you an example. You're in love with the Lord. But if you never come out of your room to spend time with him, are you supposed to grow come on if you never enter in to where the Lord is how you supposed to grow if you're never reading your Bible if you're never praying if you never enter in what is he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do in you that goes for married couples too Our goal is to be complete in Christ. And we should want this for each other. And that's what true fellowship is all about. Wanting that completeness for each other in Christ. Because we should be encouraging each other. We see one of our our friends in church struggling. Shouldn't we be encouraging them and helping them? Come on. Hello? But if we don't, that's not true fellowship. Women who, have, who are older, according to Paul in 1 Timothy, women who are older, those who've been married for a long time, they're supposed to instruct the younger women on how to be a woman in the home. That's what Paul says. That's being concerned for each other. The older men are supposed to teach the younger men. That's what being concerned is all about. That is true fellowship. That's helping one another. That's discipling one another. That's lifting each other up. Oh, I just don't want to get involved. Why not? Don't you love them? Yeah. Help them out. Show them you love them. You don't have to meddle like I was doing. (laughs) No, you don't have to broadcast, Corey. That's why I said I'm not going to meddle on TV. Hello? Because I want to see people have victory. Now, I'm not talking about you, by the way. This just makes a good illustration. But if it applies to you, just say, ouch. <laughs> God, God loves you so much to give you an ouch moment. It's an illustration. It's not about you. I, 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 don't, ha- I don't have time enough to pick apart your problems, Carol. Right? Now, I'm going to pick on Carol because I, she, she, she has fun. Her and I can have fun with it. I don't have time to pick on all Carol's foibles. We'd be here all day. Right? And, and she knows that about me, too, because we'd be here all day, right? And then some. And we started picking on and, and doing that. But no, this is the Lord wanting to tell you, I'm on your side. I want to help you. You can win. I made you. And I made you for each other. And I'm now talking about the whole congregation. Not just husband and wife. Come on. And that's why we're supposed to be there for each other. That's why Hal gets so excited when we talk about helping one another. Why? Because he wants us all to win. And, he, and what, if, if we all win, he's going to win. Yeah. Right? And then he wonders why I wouldn't mind having him on the church board. And he goes, oh, I'm not good enough. Nobody's good enough. So our goal is to be complete in Christ. And another thing that we need, that we find here, is that in order to stifle our rotten thinking, is we need knowledge, we need love, and we need discernment, especially in the day we live in. Listen what Paul says in verse 8. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that, you, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God Mm. isn't that amazing I'm using the ES the English Standard Version today because I wanted it to be so plain and it's a word-for-word translation, and I wanted it so plain that you couldn't mistake what he's trying to say here. Come on, verse eight: For God is my witness. I love that. Do you know what, Tommy? You'll you'll think on this one. God should witness our love for each other God should be our witness of that so when critics get on your case timing you know that God has witnessed what you've done and it don't matter what they have to say hello do you get that he we're supposed to be a witness for him but Paul says that God is my witness of my love for you hello Nobody could deny it. It didn't matter if people denied it because God knew it. How about you? Does God know what you're up to? Of course he is. Of course he does. Should he be our witness to stand when others are being critical? Peter talks about that in 1 Peter. He says, don't worry about the critics. You just love people. And teach them about the manifold grace of God. And then they will be embarrassed because they have attacked you. Especially on the day of judgment. Come on. We need discernment. Verse 9 is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment. We We need in this day we need to live. <clears throat> we need in this day. We need to live more with the knowledge of the Word of God, and we definitely need more discernment. We need to know what this says. Show yourself. Oh, I said it in Sunday school. <laughs> Study to show yourself. Approved a workman needing. Study to show, well, whatever. Worthy! Study to show yourself worthy, a workman who needeth not to be approved or be put to shame. We need to learn this book. We need to see by learning this book we're being disciples completely because we're learning what God's mind is. That's why we need to read our Bibles. You know most of your Bibles in the back of your Bibles before your the book of concordance? That's before the book of maps. I'm being facetious now, but you've got a concordance in your back of your Bible. You're wanting to know something, you go to your concordance, you look up the key word, and it'll tell you all the verses in the Bible about that word. But most of your Bible's in the back of it before the concordance has a Bible reading plan. <coughs> so you don't have to have a Bible that just, like I encouraged you to get years ago to read the whole Bible you have a whole plan in the back of your Bible of your good study Bible and you just start reading letting the Holy Spirit speak to you you pray before you read your Bible Lord open up my heart and my mind to see what you would have me to understand let the Holy Spirit teach me today and start reading and let the Lord speak to your heart And if you come through a verse that you don't understand ponder that verse until you understand study what that verse is meaning by getting into your concordance, do a word study. And that means take the key word in that verse that you're not understanding and do a word study. Study out that word through the Scriptures and all of a sudden your mind will be open to what God's trying to say to you there. But we also need to have discernment. Oh my word, in this day, you get on your phones, you get on Facebook, and boy, do you need to have discernment. Come on! Just You get discernment and you'll pay your bills on time. You get discernment in your life and all of a sudden you'll fill out forms that you need to get help with. Instead of waiting until the last minute and then you don't get the help that you needed when you needed it. You get discernment in your life, you won't procrastinate. Come on. You get discernment in your life, you'll start cleaning stuff out that you don't need anymore. Hello? I just don't want to have to do all that work. I know nobody does. But you know it's worth it all when you start doing the work here and here and with Him. Verse 10, so that you may approve what is excellent and pure and blameless for the, for the day of Christ. Let us make holiness a priority in our walk in the Lord. That's what he's talking about, being pure and holy. Oh, oh, that's another song, pure and holy. We need to make holiness a priority again. Yeah, there's a song we used to sing, pure and holy. Pure and holy, da-da-da-da. Yeah, 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 now you know it. Corey used to do it all the time, so did Judy. But holiness needs to be a priority in our walk in the Lord. Holiness, that means I'm striving to live like Jesus. That's all it means. And it'll cause you to become more sanctified to Jesus. It's not a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. That's what people get confused on, holiness. It's not a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. If I followed all the rules of holiness, the holiness old plan, um, which was a whole mess, I would have to be wearing a tie today and my hair would have to be so short and I would have to shave my beard off. And you women would be all in trouble because none of you are wearing dresses. Right? That's the old whole... Holiness. Holiness makes us to become closer to Jesus because we want to be closer to him. We want to feel his presence. We want to love him. I had a friend of mine who's an evangelist in Maine and he was having a hard time getting people to the altar and I said don't change what you're preaching about just change the way you've been doing it show them how living for the Lord living by holiness will draw them closer to Jesus he started putting that into his sermons while he preached the same stuff that he always had been preaching and his altars were full of people desiring to get closer to Jesus to feel his presence that's what our desire should be when we come to church to feel his presence not to see how good the pastor looks today yeah, thank you for the laugh. I needed that. That's what I was going for. I want to get closer to Jesus. That's why I come. And then let's be fu- be filled with the fruit of righteousness. Verse eleven, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise not of ourselves but of God. We should be filled with the fruit of righteousness through what Jesus did at the cross for you and me. And when we place our trust in Christ and the cross, it brings glory and praise to God, our heavenly father, because he's the one who sent him in the first place. Because it is God's demonstration of his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us so that we could be set free and we could be saved because we could come to Christ and have our relationship with the Father restored. Why wouldn't we keep our object, Jesus? So this year, we're going to have victory. This year, we're going to get rid of our rotten thinking. See, we had a start here. This is where Paul starts. He doesn't just dive right in to all that stuff. He always starts in a good place. He always wants to build us each other up. And I want to see you built up too. Oh, Pastor, why did you have to meddle though today? I wasn't really, I wasn't talking about, I was talking about all of us because we're all a mess. Come on. Hello? None of us here is perfect. No. <laughs> I got somebody here who says, oh, oh no, I don't want to answer my phone. Okay, I'm meddling again. Carol does it all the time she can't find her phone. <laughs> no, that's not right. That's not right. I'm just teasing you, girl. Usually, if I have to get a hold of somebody, if I call Carol, I can get a hold of somebody real quicker than just by calling somebody, right? (laughs) It's funny that way. Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you all so much. When I pray for you, you bring me joy. And I want to see God's very best for each and every one of you. I want you to be winners. I want you to have victory this year. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, usually this would be more something for a Wednesday night when we're just sitting around the tables talking to each other, but Lord, You challenged me to preach this book. And Lord, it speaks to every one of us, myself included. My Word. And Lord, You're still working on us. I thank you for that because some of us have grown so much from where they used to be holy moly if we would just think about each other and how much each of us has grown and where we first when we first met each other where we each of us were at my word What a change in our lives from then till now because you've been working on us and we've allowed you to do it. So Lord, once in a while we need to be reminded about what we're supposed to keep our minds on. Because Lord, in this world that we live in, it is so easy to get caught up in the rotten stuff. And when we get caught up in the rotten stuff, it affects our thinking. And Lord, none of us want to be caught up with rot. Because we believe in the living Savior who's in our hearts. And Lord, we want to, we want to strive. We want to do things for you. And Lord, we want our marriages to be greater and our, our children to be more wonderful. And Lord, we just want to see our relatives come to know you and our friends to know you, Lord. Like we know you, Lord. And so, Lord, we need victory. And Lord, I pray that for the healings that people need this year, Lord. I thank you, Lord. That when we put our trust and our faith in you, you can heal us. And so, Lord, we are going to live by faith not by sight. And we're going to trust in you to have your way in our lives. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. and Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We are so glad that you joined us on YouTube and Facebook. We're going to let you go now, but remember New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. And and You're missing out if you're not with us to sing and worship. We did an experiment that I haven't heard the results of our complete experiment from Christmas Eve service um, to see if it will. We might try that experiment again and maybe you can worship with us from home, but it's so much better to come and have corporate worship together. Amen? And so we just want to praise the Lord for you at home and for everybody who's here. And so we encourage you to come out Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. Lance Walnau will be here preaching and you do not want to miss the next part of his message for us. He's taking up four weeks. He's already did our first week with him and he'll be here for this Wednesday and the next two and we're really enjoying him. So come Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. There's stuff for the kids. They go to Salvation Station and have a lot of fun learning about Jesus and uh, being together. And so. Uh, I encourage you to come. 1021 South Center Street, 1021 South Center Street is where New Life is located in Wapiti, North Dakota. That is the end of the airport road. We will see you next time.